Good morning, afternoon, or indeed evening, everyone. Welcome to Bitchin' Brew, a conversational podcast about music and miscellany. I, as ever, am your host, Danny Randon, and I don't know if you can tell, but I'm in just an incredible mood, uh, because as you may have noticed from the uh, title of this episode, uh, this is episode number 20, and I know that doesn't really sort of sound like much as a of a milestone to celebrate. I know there's podcasts out there that literally have like thousands of episodes and podcasts that launched around the same time as Bitch and Brew that have more episodes but I'm taking this milestone for myself and I'm celebrating it because there was a time less than a year ago where it didn't look like I'd make it to 10 episodes uh, let alone 20 um, so it seems quite timely also um, that uh, two years ago almost to the day uh, that I'm releasing this podcast I recorded the first ever Bitch and Brew uh, which was of course with Landy from the band Months of Girls. Um, I listened back to that recently and I realised as much as I, you know, love Landy and had fun recording it, it and, you know, it's it's pivotal because it's, you know, the first podcast. I, quite frankly, when I listen back to it, it it's, a, it's a mess. I went in with like this. I remember I went in with a whole list of questions and treated it too much like an interview. Uh, so once we'd gone through all the questions, I was like, oh, shit, so what do we do now? And that was the end of it, within like half an hour. And um, funnily enough, I recorded the second Bitchin' Brew uh, almost immediately after, literally a couple of hours after, uh, with a couple of the lads from the band Muskets. And instantly, it was so much better because, you know, first of all, it was impromptu. I didn't have any questions prepared. And I just felt so much more comfortable. Um so yeah, that's that's essentially what shaped Bitch and Brew into what it is today. I still go in with a few questions and I do the necessary amount of prep, but I feel much more confident in stepping away from those questions and going off on tangents as beca- as has kind of become like a signature thing on Bitch and Brew if you're a, if you're a new listener. We do go off uh, on some uh, on into some weird territories if you will. Um on that uh, that probably sounded creepier than it should have. Um but on that note, I really must get Landy and the rest of uh, maybe the rest of months of girls back on the podcast again soon because I feel like I owe them the full bitch and brew experience now. Um, I went off on a bit there, but of course, you know, it goes without saying, uh, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I can't have done it without you, the amazing people that listen to and share Bitch and Brew and give me an outlet to chat bollocks with cool people. Uh, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, um, you know, the last episode of Bitch and Brew was huge, needless to say. We had Jamie Lemon on. And he was, uh, on reflection of it, uh, what I would refer to as the perfect uh, podcast guest, especially for Bitch and Brew. Um, He just got it straight away. And I knew for episode 20 that I had to follow that up with a guest who who was just as awesome, um, if not more awesome. Imagine that, more awesome than Jamie Lemon. Um, It's a bit of a challenge, but my guest this time round is Murray McLeod, singer and guitarist for the band The Excerpts. Um, I was very, very excited for this one. I've been a fan of The Excerpts for a long time, um, and I was very excited, especially after I spoke to Murray over the phone for another publication, uh, around Christmas last year, and I knew he'd just be great to hang out with and have a real laid back and 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 fun chat with the uh, band were in town at my favorite venue, the Joiners in Southampton. It was the last night of their u k tour, which was uh, in support of their new album, which is called Hold on to your heart it 's their fourth album. 
and unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you'll know that it's arguably the best album they've ever made. That's um, that's really saying something, considering the strength of their back catalogue and the quality of it, um, which in my opinion includes some of the best records um, in modern British alt-rock, but Hold On To Your Heart is, I don't know man, it's just on another level and it's very different to anything they've done before they've brought in a lot of 80s influence from uh, artists like brian adams and rick springfield and and springsteen who we talk about a lot on this podcast uh, we do go a lot uh into um you know the making of the album so i won't say too much else uh want to leave it for the uh for the big tamale um so yes extremely excited that i could get to record this podcast uh, with an artist who can actually lay claim to a top 40 album. I think that's definitely a first for Bitch and Brew, so well done to the excerpts for that achievement. And also uh, coming up on Bitch and Brew number 20, I have another exclusive track premiere from you from a brilliant band from Manchester called Horror Douse. They've uh, got a new track. It's called Outgrow Anything. Well, there's a uh, like a forward slash between Outgrow and Anything. I don't know if I'm meant to pronounce it. I'm not going to. So it's called Outgrow Anything. But if they are listening and it's actually pronounced Outgrow slash Anything, then I'm I'm sorry, guys. Um, but I am very privileged uh, to be playing the track to the world for the very first time uh, later on in this podcast. I think that's enough talking from me for now. I'm very excitable. I'm a little bit wired on coffee, but we'll set off on our 20th voyage with Murray McLeod from the excerpts right after I play one of my favourite songs uh, from the excerpts latest album Hold On To Your Heart this track is called Daydream and I'll be chatting to Murray on the other side of it so stay tuned
I thought we were going to maybe start. I've already scuppered my plans to perhaps compare leather jackets on this. I actually is mine with me. Is mine in the van? I might have mine in the van actually. Yeah. I bet yours is probably so much better than mine. <laughs> my, mine is like mine is from Primark, which is already a bad. Start. Uh, okay, well, I mean, it's a bargain. I'm sure was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, you yeah, probably yeah. bought yours in like a, a cool vintage shop in Brighton. I didn't actually. I didn't. <laughs> I'm about to expose myself, so uh, I actually got mine in uh, Topman. Right. Yeah, and then I proceeded. The sleeves were a bit too long, so I took it to a woman in uh, Aberdeen, and I was like. Uh, can you take can you take these sleeves up? I want them like just up, like further mm. up my arm than my wrist. And she was like, "That'll look ridiculous." And I was like, <laughs> you don't know who the Ramones are, and, you know. I was knew, it, was yeah. it the Ramones that made you want to wear the leather jackets? Um, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, there. I personally think the Ramones are like one of the coolest looking bands of all time. Mm. Um, and I've thought that since I was a young, a young pup. But I've always been. Um, I've always been terrified of getting a leather jacket. Um, terrified? Yeah, I mean, if you're not careful, that thing's going to wear you. You, know? <laughs> you need to, like, you need to really own a leather jacket, like, really wear it. Yeah. And so, and also, um, like, Bruce Springsteen. Right, I yeah. To, you know, my, my dad's a, a Bruce Springsteen fanatic, so Springsteen was, like, in our household, mm. he's God. Um, so I grew up just seeing Springsteen and leather all yeah. the time. I've always wanted one, so I went. <laughs> I went denim, and then I I upgraded to a leather. I got two now. <laughs> you got love two. Him. Love them. Wow, living living the, <laughs> living the, the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you could ever go like start decorating it with studs, and maybe you could have just ripped the sleeves off entirely, and, yeah. like gone full Judas Priest or something? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I I've st- I've got some pins in my leather now. Right, some, you know some badges. Yeah, I yeah. Got, uh, I think I've got like it's just Springsteen and Beatles badges. Mm. Uh, I need to get a Tom Petty. One. There, there's a really, there's a really good shop in the North Lanes that I went to the other day, which what, which literally sells just pins. It's next door to Resident, and I'm struggling. I to... know exactly where you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I got all my Beatles pins from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome and then the Springsteen ones from the, the concert <laughs> paid like 25 quid for four badges or whatever shit no. not, that, not that bad but you know I paid like Was, did you go and see him at Wembley Stadium or something yeah last time he was at Wembley yeah. he, he, I've not seen him live but he seems to just be a real crowd pleaser with any show that he plays these oh, days yeah. you know doing something ridiculous like 50 songs in a set totally which is, it's just yeah it's you can sense that even though he is who he is, he still to this day very much appreciates the fact that every single person in that arena has worked hard to pay for a ticket. Yeah. And you can feel that from him. Um, and he just tries to, like, doesn't even try, it's just effortless for him now. <laughs> but, like, it's just transcendent. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him five five times now. Right, okay. And every single time there'll be a moment in the set where it's just like it's just euphoria. Yeah. Yeah. So he's amazing. Did does he does he actually pluck anyone out of the crowd to do that thing that Courtney Cox does in the Dancing in the Dark video? He does. He does yeah, actually yeah, yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. Has he done it every time? 
I think he has done it every single time. <laughs> I've never been lucky enough to be, to be Courtney Cox. My my one, I, I've always wanted to be the person that gets like plucked out of the crowd to uh, join Newfound Glory on stage. Okay, so that's always been the one for me because they do that quite. Do they a lot. do that? Yeah. Or do, to do what? To play instruments uh, or sing? Or... Usually to sing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was hoping I might be able to. I went up to their. 20, 20th anniversary shows they did three shows and three nights in London Okay. they did like one night at the Forum one night at Electric Ballroom and one night oh. at the Underworld oh why are they playing Underworld yeah, yeah. And, and their sort of uh, memory retention for their back catalogue is so great Yeah. that I saw them at Slam Dunk Festival they pulled a guy on stage and they were like right what do you want to sing and he pulled like a really obscure album track Whoa. and they were, and they played it pretty much no perfect that's great which is crazy yeah it's great it when was bands really can cool. do that it's it's the sign of being like uh, of being in a band for years and mm. years and years and playing together for that long yeah um, I'm not 100% no I'm pretty sure if someone came up and was like can you play this jam we'd be able to we'd get by <laughs> even if we haven't played it in yeah. years I think we'd get through it have, have you ever done that has someone ever gone oh can I play drums on a track or something on, uh, on a song during your set and yeah, you... yeah yeah um, they haven't actually but no they haven't <laughs> I got people up at the beginning of this tour to do mouth saxophone <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't have Will. We had Will with us in London to play sax. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he played on Cry and Drive Me Wild. Um, but at the beginning, we were like, what are we going to do? Are people... like Because we, we can't put it on track because that's just like... Saxophone on track to me is like... Yeah, it's... it's we, I mean, we have synths on track, but that's one thing. Yeah. Um, but to have a, a saxophone on track would just like... I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. So you, do you play Drive Me Wild at the beginning of your sets now then? Or? No, it's... Mid. All right. Okay. Mid. It's kind of um the bring me back. Yeah. Like, yeah. We play we play crisis in the slow lane, but like a slower version. Right. Like okay. A quieter version. So yeah. Yeah. It's slow already. <laughs> um, uh, and then we bring it back. We drive me wild. So it's like, it's in such like a profound point in the set where like, it's cool. Every single night on this tour, like as soon as we kick in with it, it's like wave hits <laughs> and I just see bodies like swaying it's great it's were, were great. you a little bit um, like when when the idea came to do the, the saxophone uh, how, how did it how did how did it come about getting Will to do it because uh, obviously Black Peaks are another Brighton band yeah. so how did it actually come, come about to get Will involved yeah well I mean we're we're good buds with Black Peaks um, know those dudes well and we Funnily enough, I first met Will when I was on a stag do, and we walked into this horrid bar, like a revolution bar, you know those... Oh, the, yeah, there's one in Brighton that I've yes. been to, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible, but it's cheap and yeah. funny. So we walked in, and it, yeah, it was horrible, filled with people that I was terrified of, and uh, but basically there was this like wildly good swing band playing, and I was like, what the fuck, everybody, like, so it was our everyone on the stag do was a musician yeah and everyone was like what the hell and two of my buds were like oh shit there's Will from Black Peaks I was like wait what <laughs> and he was like yeah yeah he plays stag so I was like holy shit and he so amazing. he was in the band he was in the band he wasn't on the stag do yeah no 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 he was he has a separate thing so he obviously has Black Peaks yeah, but yeah. he's a um, he's also a session player mm. in regards to being a saxophonist right so that's when I first 
know or like found out that he could play sax. So, mm. so we that it was kind of in the back of my mind from then ever since. And then we knew we wanted sax on this record, and as soon as we wrote the two songs that required it, yeah, we were like, let's just get Will. Mm. Like, we know he's a fantastic player. We're friends with him. It'll be super simple. He can just come in and leave like you know it was really effortless yeah. to get him on it was yeah just very easy um so when we like got the confidence to bring <laughs> the sax on the record because that's what it's about really right is it was that we wanted to do it on there's only you but we just weren't confident enough right okay. we just didn't we weren't it's taken us a long time to feel comfortable with what we do and mm. after the kind of after like during the there's only you campaign we just like had this surge of confidence right and we haven't kind of looked back so yeah and especially being on our fourth record it really was like we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want <laughs> 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 i really had that mentality because it was like if this is it then we're going we're, you know we're going down swinging go big or go home exactly exactly yeah <laughs> get rich or die trying <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just just through Will being a friend, and uh, I said to him drunkenly, I think at possibly two thousand trees festival, or somewhere in a as, as in last year's trees festival. Yeah, when did we play? In the tent. No, 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 no. Sorry, no, because he re- he recorded before that. Did he? Yeah. When did we make that record? Fucking heck. Yeah, two thousand sixteen. <laughs> sorry, so two thousand sixteen. Right. So that was when you were on the main stage, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was either there or in a bar in Brighton, and I was drunk, and I was saying to him, "You are going to play on our new record," <laughs> and he, I like, you know, I'm sure that I I've heard people say that to me, like, "I'm going to get you on, on our record, and it's going to be holy." And it's going to be great. It's like, totally, totally. It's gross, <laughs> gross, great. Um, and then you forget about it. So I think I kept seeing Will when we were out and about in Brighton. I kept being the guy that's like, Will, you're going to play sax on a record. I promise you. And I think towards the end of me continually saying, you're going to be on the record, he was like, Murray, just fucking call me if you, <laughs> if you were gonna do it just do it so I don't think he believed it was gonna happen and then I gave him a call and was like well it's time it's time to come to the studio yeah oh fantastic <laughs> well Murray welcome to Bitch and Brew it's lovely to have you on and um, let's talk a little bit about your brew you went for, I, I turned up with my tea caddy as is now custom um, and you went for the uh, the Taylor's Organic Chamomile. Yeah. A, a soothing infusion of pure chamomile, caffeine-free. Wow, it's gorgeous. How's it going down? I'd, yeah, I've, I'm becoming more and more of a tea fan. Right, okay, I've yeah. always been into tea, but like... So I, I drink various teas on tour for my throat and whatnot. I've got right, like, okay, um, yeah. It's like a... A yogi throat comfort, mm-hmm. and is there like vocal zone as well? That sort of thing. Yeah, that's like I don't. I don't know if I should say. It. Well, it doesn't matter because I don't like it. But yeah, I'm not a fan of that stuff. Oh, right, I, okay, think yeah. it's <laughs> like a, I think it's a quick fix for a, a kind of bigger problem. You know, right. I think like honestly, the best thing for me I've found is drinking. So there's. Um, Am I allowed to like say other tea companies? Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not endorsed by anyone. I'm cool. not sponsored. Brilliant. <laughs> totally DIY. Cool. So, so yeah. T- so I found that Twinnings 
Is it Twinings? Twinings. Twinings, sorry, Twinings. <laughs> twinings. Twinings. Yeah, Twinings. From Aberdeen. You're going to have to excuse me, bro. <laughs> not cultured. <laughs> so, uh, Twinings, um, lemon and ginger, a double bag it with honey. Wow. And gargle and drink it. Right, okay. Yeah, and that is... Basically, that changed the entire game for me. Mm. Um, and also, copious amounts of water and sleep and just shutting up. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> Have you ever had to be on one of those talking bands, you know, like, where you're not allowed to talk for the rest of the day because you've got to save your voice? Yeah, th- th- this, is, this is quite a new thing for us. I never used to be like that. And then um, shows obviously started getting bigger. Mm. Um, and I still like to socialise after shows and speak to people because... Mm. that's what I like to do um, and I noticed that my throat was starting to get a bit huskier right and I started worrying about it especially because we're playing for like an hour and 20 minutes now wow. it's, it's quite a long it's yeah. a much longer show for us and the fact that more people are coming it's like this is too important for me to be like wanting to you know drink and be at a bar shouting with my friends and stuff <laughs> you know so um, so yeah on this tour I've been doing the whole kind of uh, silencing so cool, right? myself yeah after we play um, which can be a bit frustrating at times but it's it's pretty cool especially if it's like last night of tour because this is it, oh tonight's it? fine tonight I get to rage <laughs> yeah, t- yeah tonight's totally cool yeah party like it's Sunday night yeah exactly, like exactly night. Yeah. who needs country fire when you can <laughs> <laughs> you've got the joiners absolutely yeah, yeah. so I've experienced it for the first time but I yeah I find it I find it pretty easy just to Shut up and yeah, yeah, and not do podcasts before shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool because basically we had we were meant to have five shows on the trot, which um, it would have been totally cool if I was like younger, but I'm getting older now and we're not a punk band anymore. <laughs> and so like uh, usually bands kind of do three days on, one day off. Yeah, three days on, one day off. But for whatever reason, five on the trot got booked in. Um, but our show in Cardiff got cancelled last yeah, night. Yeah, I'm sure about that. So I was kind of, it was a slight blessing in disguise, really, because my throat was starting to kind of... You're getting a bit of a... <gasps> a bit of a... Yeah, I mean, I speak... I wait, like, when I'm on tour, my voice is, like, three octaves lower when I talk in the day. <laughs> and then, for some reason, I, like, steam, I drink tea, water, and then I can sing. Mm. Totally fine. Oh, man, I, I've, I've noticed a real... I'm, I'm not a singer, you know. Right. I, I'm, a, I'm a drummer when I have the time to be. But um, I've noticed the, the real benefits of steaming at the moment. Because, I, you know, I, I, I had, like... I was like flu towards the end of last year yeah. maybe not like full on flu but just feeling like shit yeah. and like my ears started feeling blocked up and yeah, it was horrible yeah, yeah. and you know just, uh, my doctor started going oh we need like menthol crystals yes, to steam I've your face them. and yeah. man it stings oh, it burns so good <laughs> it's like ginger Oh yeah, like, so ginger in my th- throat when I gargle the tea, mm. it's like oh my god, this stings, but it's so good. It's like weird. Stings like, like listerine. Yeah, yeah, it's that weird like oh I quite like it. It's yeah. like it's um it's like a, an ulcer in your mouth when you can't stop tonguing it. Yeah, oh it's like yeah, that. it's a weird pain. What like what it. is that sort of like sadomasochistic yeah. way of? Yeah, totally. I think it's maybe like. I don't know, maybe I'm deserving of this pain, so I need to, like, <laughs> you know, like, so I've done something 
I don't know why, <laughs> but I did something a couple of weeks back. You bastard. I know I'm deserving of this, You're but I quite, I quite enjoy it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, steaming is just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to, my God. I had to go, go get checked out a few years back at um, like a throat specialist because I thought I had like nodules. Oh, really? Um, after a really just kind of insane kind of schedule we had like when we were touring Scatterbrain, I think it was. Yeah. And I was like, I've, I've got nodules, I've got nodules. Completely hypochondriac, you know, total hypochondriac. And uh, I went in and got, like, the camera shoved up my nose and then down the back of my throat. Yeah, oh. it, was, it, was, it was so much fun. <laughs> Did they put you under anaesthetic for that at all, or was it just like... No. 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 Shit. The, the easier, apparently, they say the easier option is, like, uh, it's a metal rod with a camera at the end of it, and they put that in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then they tell you to sing, but I could feel the the metal at the back of my throat, and I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't, you know, my gag reflex. Right. Like, yeah. I <laughs> so I can't do it. I can't do it. And they were like, Well, we're gonna have to put a camera up your nose. It's like, just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't that bad. Like it's weird. They're basically. I, I don't know if anyone does this, but like, if you were a kid, like. I never really did it, but kids would stick pencils up their noses in the school, and then you would hear them go like, Whoa! and you turn around and like, what's going on? And their eyes would be streaming. Basically, there's a point in your nose yeah. where it, it narrows, so the nostrils are quite wide, and then narrows, mm. and basically when something reaches that point, your body is like this shouldn't be here yeah this has no right and then there's, so there's like a, yes exactly it like resists and it was so funny the nurse she was like uh, it's cool just relax just take a deep breath I was like I'm totally I'm totally relaxed thank you and then she was like, cool, do you want to put your shoulders down? And then she put her hands on my shoulders and they were like up by my, <laughs> up by my ears. I was so like tense. I was like, I'm totally yeah, calm. Yeah. I was like, I'm totally fine. What are you talking about? And then so it reaches this point and you're like, oh, oh my God, it's not going up there. And then there is like a little, and then my eyes just went, and then it's fine. Yeah. It's, we- it's so weird. But anyway, um, my throat was fine and he was like you have to steam that was the point of the story. <laughs> I feel like I should put like a little warning at the start now do not listen to this if you're eating yeah, like, it's yeah. true I did think of a it would be a cool music video maybe not for our band aesthetically it would no. be correct but like because um, you can you watch it all happening on a screen and yeah. they tell you to sing whilst they're looking whilst the camera's looking at your throat the inside and I was like, that would be such a sick music video well, to have, film. Haven't Papa Roach done it? With, like the Between Angels think. and Insects, the old video. No, but that. I'm talking We're... like a real camera going oh. up someone's nose and then it goes to the throat singing. I'd love that. I, I don't think I could watch it all the way through. I need to start like it that. Would, it would like go on a par with those videos of like people, uh, like the videos of people like getting ingrown hairs and stuff like that and big, uh, and big sort of uh, yeah. big boils on YouTube, I can't deal with that shit, I'm, I get kind of squeamish. <laughs> I need to like start like a hardcore band or something to, yeah, absolutely to, 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 to do that, so yeah we'll, we'll, Exers will you be should, you should team back up with Will and do like some sort of nasty jazz core like early early Dillinger escape plan yeah, type yeah, shit yeah. and that would be inappropriate it was basically I, I can't play guitar like that that's the only problem there I just have to like oh dude yeah it's quite yeah those are 
those musicians are just so talented. Yeah, I saw them for the first and last uh, time at Download yeah. last year, and yeah. just seeing how Ben Wyman can do all the shit that he does. It's crazy. Note perfect while acting just absurd on yeah, the stage. It's wild. It's yeah. totally wild. And there's loads of videos of him moving his stacks into the middle of the stage, climbing up on top of the stacks, and then falling backwards. And the stack and him just completely oh, hit really? the ground from like six feet up or something. These huge stacks, yeah, and he doesn't yeah. miss a note. Really? It's crazy, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> that dude's really, he's in shape. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what we were saying earlier about the Cardiff show being cancelled? I was a little bit worried that this, this show would never would never happen because yeah. of the uh, because of the recent bout of snow. But luckily we've had rain and sunshine and yeah. now it's like it's barely been snowing at all. Because yeah, it hit hard it. here. And Did it? Is it still bad up in up in Wales at the moment? Yeah. Like nor I always think anything sort of north of where the river Solent ends around here is the north sure, yes. to me yeah, yeah, like yeah. anything north of London is the north yeah yeah so yeah. I've heard it's, it's pretty bad there you, you had yeah. some uh, travel issues was it around the release of the album you had to get up to Scotland and <laughs> what happened there oh my god uh, we were on uh, I can't remember which I'm terrible with uh, motorway names. I'm so bad. Yeah, no, I don't know him either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When someone's like, oh yeah, you take the M3 and then the yes. M7 and yeah. The M something. Right, yeah. That much. Well, that, that's good. That's good. That was it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, the, <laughs> it was the, the road to Glasgow. We were heading up just before we started a the in-store run. We filmed a BBC session. Right, cool. And so we were driving up for that and we ended up um, getting stuck in traffic from six. Um, no, what time was it? It was like eight p.m. till six a.m. and we got in at seven a.m. So we slept for like four hours. Yeah, and then we had to go to the BBC to sound check. I couldn't believe it. It was like no. And that's to get from Brighton to Brighton to Glasgow. It it took forever. Oh, what? So the session wasn't in London; it was in Glasgow. It was in Glasgow. She yeah. drove from Brighton to Glasgow, and it, it yeah, it was just. I was trying to like remain positive because people started kind of getting a bit naggy. And right. It was like, look, we're in a really warm van. Mm. We've got like we were watching stuff on laptops and iPlayers and stuff like that, and um, I was like, you know, we've got warmth. We're not we're not alone and in yeah. a car freezing you know that would be awful <laughs> as time kind of went on people quieted down after that but then as time went on I, I was like we, ha- we have to get out of here mm. I'm, I'm going to lose my mind because I just kept thinking that we were going to sleep for like an hour and then we had to go do the session that was yeah. being filmed with an audience and right um, okay. so anyway we, we were super underslept but we did the session and it came out fine. I was yeah. It was. It sounded great. So it was. Would you fine. say it's a sort of, sort of Scottish stoicism that got you through that that <laughs> trek? Because what were the what was was it just bad traffic? Was it snow? It was snow. Yeah, right. I think it was snow and possibly a crash. Oh shit. Yeah, which is always hot. No, sorry, it was. It was. It was snow and a crash, which is just oh, like awful to see. Yeah, I hate seeing that. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially being on the road so much, it's very scary. And um, so, yeah, just one of those things. I mean, 
seriously, five minutes quicker, like five minutes earlier, we would have been, we would have been through. Right. You know, okay. that kind of, yeah. Like, we, yeah, we weren't too far back actually mm-hmm. in the, in the kind of queue, but, yeah. or in the traffic jam, but it was, it was just hell. Yeah, I, I understand like being in the whole minibus on like a, you know, in, in static traffic for that long. Like, yeah. I went to see Foo Fighters up at, um, or oh, sorry, Foo Fighters as, as Christopher Walker yeah, would that's say. Right. Um, would, uh, I, I now can't say Foo Fighters normally after that's seeing that clip Foo of Chris, Foo, ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, seeing Foo Fighters up at Milton Keynes Bowl and we hired a minibus and, uh, um, yeah. You know, like big outdoor shows or stadium shows, getting out of those things can be hell anyway if you're parked oh, or whatever. Yeah, or like getting out a download festival where, you know, you're stuck in traffic for two yeah. hours and you're not moved a spot. But we were driving from Milton Keynes back down to Horsham in West Sussex, which is where I'm from. Cool. And um, and it was, we left there at, what, 11 when the show ended and we didn't get back to Horsham until 7 o'clock in the morning because the entire... Uh, it was basically one lane out of three were open on the M1 the whole way back. There's there's some brilliant photographic evidence of me. You remember like that thing a few years ago, because this was in 2011, 2012, of yeah. planking. Yeah. You would see that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a brilliant photo of me planking on the M1 northbound <laughs> at four in the morning uh, because the it. entire motorway was shut. Planking. I, I used haven't to... heard that in a while. That was like one of the worst... It's one of the lamest social media. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, like, but for some reason, I I I found it funny. Yeah, I really thought planking was funny. <laughs> like, if like, did you try it yourself at any point? I I planked. Yeah, I dabbled in planking. <laughs> I, had, I had a brief phase of planking. Uh, not too much, but yeah, I'm like. Maybe not so much in photos. I didn't find it that funny. Mm. But when someone, someone did it in it. front of me, I, yeah. I don't know what it was that I found so funny about it, but mm. it was funny. Yeah. It just was. It's like that in the cinnamon challenge was the thing at the I've time. I've seen so, that. Yeah, yeah I, I did that. It was oh It was not good. No. Uh, cling to your teeth. Like, we're talking a lot about mouths in this, in yeah. this podcast aren't we yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like wallpaper paste and it just dries up instantly <laughs> it, was, it was it was nasty it was, oh God, no. but yeah it was yeah. a good sort of Scottish stoicism that got you through that through that hell yeah I think so I mean it was it was the start of the campaign as well it was like the the first thing we had to do before the mm. record came out so we were we were all super excited and then yeah just god mother nature too cold again yeah yeah she can be cruel Hi everybody, Danny here, butting in very quickly to remind you that if you are enjoying this podcast and you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to Bitchin' Brew on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Acast or all of the above. Uh, I know I say it every time, but if you are listening via Apple Podcasts specifically, uh, then reviews really are crucial to the exposure of small and independent podcasts like this one. And I wouldn't force you into giving it five stars, but if you're feeling really generous to do so and you want to say a nice few words, then trust me, it's appreciated beyond words. And if you don't want to do that, 
then a simple sharing of the episode on your various social media outlets is also huge to me and I thank you in advance for that. Uh, don't forget, later on we've got the exclusive premiere of the new track by Horadouse and the second half of my chat with Murray right after I play the song we were referring to at the beginning of the recording uh, with the ludicrously brilliant saxophone work from uh, Will of Black Peaks. Uh, this absolute work of art is called Drive Me Wild. Cue the mouth sax. <laughs>
I, I, I just realised we're like halfway through this and haven't, I haven't even offered you the, the, the snacks that I brought for the podcast. Wow. Because I know you order pizza, but like I always bring biscuits or some sort of confection. So I thought shortbread would be, is it racist to buy a Scottish person shortbread to kind of assume that they like shortbread? Uh, I mean, I love it. So yeah. To me, I wouldn't give it yeah, a second thought. You'd just be thought. like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great, yeah. 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 yeah, I'm very passive about that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, when Maybe we... if you brought, like, a haggis to me, I'd be like, ah, okay. <laughs> 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 weird. Yeah, and again, I do eat haggis, but that's kind of, or like a copy of Braveheart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a discussion to be had there. Tunnock's tea cakes, Tunnock's man. tea cakes. Yeah. Shall we crack one open? Yeah, Let's yeah, have one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. So yeah, like we were saying, this is the final night of your tour. Yeah, and right. um, how how do you usually get at the end of a tour? Are you usually a little bit restless, or are you quite in high spirits usually? Uh, usually in high spirits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially because we so we just came off the back of thank you so much to the listener. I'm just grabbing a Telix tea cake. Lovely. Um, uh, yeah, so we're coming off the back of it. Obviously, Cardiff got cancelled, so the last mm. show was London, which was just like life affirming. It was a crazy, crazy show. Just uh, like we woke up that morning in London to a sea of people on Twitter saying they were selling tickets because of the weather, and we were just like, "Oh, come on!" Like our mm. biggest, our biggest London headline day, and it's being scuppered because of snow. But our manager came through like fifteen minutes before we came on. He was like nobody panic it's rammed it's totally totally rammed we were like yes is that is that quite life affirming in the way that I, I remember you reading in another interview that you did about how you would often see the Scala when you played the Water Rats yes and kind of going you hope to play there one day so going from playing the Scala which is what 750 800 Eight, cap yeah. to going to heaven which is now a thousand yeah that must have been surreal yeah, absolutely. It's well, it's I mean, it's real and we're very appreciative of of more and more people you know coming on board and supporting the band but um from our point of view, we've been doing this half our lives now this band mm. since like of you know myself and Jordan were 15 when we started the excerpts. Right. So it it is surreal to look at and think, "Oh my god, we used to play our first ever show in London was at the Brixton Windmill when we were 15. Yeah. And we were on tour and we played to no one, like literally no one. They were questioning whether I should even be allowed in the venue. Like I had to stay outside and then I was like to play and then I had to leave again. Wow. That kind of thing. So, and obviously being 15 from Aberdeen on tour playing in the Brixton Windmill, it was like, what the hell? Uh, so all of all of this history is kind of ingrained in us and is within us. So whenever when I looked out at London, at heaven and Scala, it was like, oh my god, look at this. But it also feels right, you know. Not in I don't mean that in like an arrogant way. Mm. It's just that we've worked so hard, and this th- those are the rooms we want to be in, you know, yeah. and, and much much bigger. So when I remember before we walked out at heaven, um, I just turned to Jordan. And I was like, let's fucking murder this. <laughs> you know, it's like I've started to have this mentality of like, because more and more people are coming to the shows now, I feel like we have way more to prove. 
because a lot of people are saying nice things so mm. more people are buying tickets to check it out and they may have never seen us before so it's like well I need to prove to you that we're the best yeah you know so um, so there's there's that mentality of feeling like Muhammad Ali before we walk out there like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna knock this <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. knock this venue out um, so yeah it's it's surreal but yeah it definitely feels feels right mm. yeah oh getting tonic I'm getting marshmallow <laughs> fluff everywhere it's cool this is not a podcast friendly food to eat mm. this kind of reminds me of the time I did work experience at Kerrang and thought it'd be a good idea to bring a burrito into the office oh, I got mean looks that day <laughs> yeah you've got to be um, it's like van etiquette oh really yeah you've got to be You've got to be careful with what you bring in. Is it like the, the tube where someone will look at give you dirty looks if you take a kebab on the tube or something? It's a bit more vocal in the van. <laughs> if, if, if you fuck up and bring in Get that shit yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah. Usually Who has some bad stuff? I mean Brooker, our fantastic photographer. Yeah. Is he here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um he brings in some questionable vegan treats for himself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, or, you know, so, or if we're gonna, if we're gonna go in, we're all going in. Yeah. It's kind of the three musketeers mentality. Mm. Okay. We're all to blame here for how this happened. Today's KFC day. You know, we're going for it. <laughs> maybe, maybe not recently, but... <laughs> I wouldn't touch that shit in a million years, yeah. <laughs> I, think Tom, I think Tom quite likes the KFC. I mean, yeah, never, never dug it. <laughs> not even the gravy? I hear a lot about this gravy, but yeah, never, I've never had it. I've never had it. It's like, I think... I've come this far in my life you, without trying you, it. You're fine. Yeah, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got this. You got this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you haven't lived until now. <laughs> it, uh, this is. Uh, I've heard a lot of stuff about um, the the excerpts pre gig party because a lot of a lot of bands need a a calm atmosphere backstage yeah. doing their warm ups and you know I'm sure you do warm ups at this point. Yes. Um, but I, I hear a lot about about the backstage party. So what does yeah. it usually comprise? Um, Are we talking like? So what we got? We're t- I mean we're talking. We've got our vibe. It's called Vibus, which is our dressing room party playlist. Right. Okay. So that's blaring, usually like an hour and a half before we play, with predominantly eighties jams, predominantly eighties bangers. What's on there? It's like Whitney Houston and Cindy Lauper and mm. Bruce Hornsby and Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen. It's just like feel good jams. Mm. Like, um, and then what else have we got going on? Whiskey, whisk, whiskey and ginger ale. Whisk. Oh man. Yeah, that's our that's the excerpt. Jameson and ginger ale yeah. is a recent discovery of mine. It's like changed my life. It's a game changer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we drink tonight. They've given us bush mills. Which is wow, nice, nice whiskey. So That's some yeah, pre- premium shit. Yeah, I think we, I think we've got some some Jamo in the in the van if we if we need it. But yeah, Bushmills tonight with ginger. So that's necessary. We've all got our right, okay, our, our designated cups. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, and what else? And then just basically, it's it's basically dance class in the dressing room. Right. It's just 
people dancing. Um, it could be one person, it could be everybody, it could be two people, you know, mm. it, var- it varies. Tonight, everyone will be dancing. Do, do you have like a, a kids party buffet? Like pink wafers, hotel <laughs> sausages? No, what, what do we have? I mean, we have our rider food, but no, it's just, it's predominantly the glasses lined up for, with whiskey. Not that, and the, I need to, yeah, yeah tell no, people cool. that we're not getting, <laughs> we're not getting lit. Like, we're not, we're not sinking like a bottle each, but like just the right amount to kind of settle the butterflies. Mm. And like, we, I keep calling it showman juice. Showman like, juice. Showman juice. Yeah. Because I just need a little loosener. To right. get up there and start act, acting like a prat. Full on Dutch courage. Yeah, a little bit of Dutch courage, yeah. Like you know, a little shot of whiskey and then boom. You're yeah, on, you're on a date. Oh yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a wonderful way to pregame. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that happens, and then yeah, there's been some good dressing, good after show dressing room parties on this tour. Right. Okay. There's been some good ones. We've been hosting. Really. Yeah. <laughs> London was really good, and Glasgow was really good. Has it ever got out of hand? Not like. Project X got out of hand. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> flamethrowers and yeah. <laughs> people jumping out windows and no, um, no, we're th- we're you know we we like to cut loose after a show, but we um, we are very very mindful people yeah. of the uh, the mess that we leave behind. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're we you know we do we attempt to be rock and roll with. <laughs> Our good upbringings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> casting a very large shadow, yeah, uh, surrounding us. So yeah, we 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 are very wary that you'll we... tear the place up. But you'll always do the washing up afterwards. Boom. Yes, we are the people that say they will clean up after the party. Mm. They'll stay the night and they will help. Yeah, and they do make yeah. a cup of tea in the morning. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I I I was I was that guy in college when I started going to house parties and stuff. And yeah. I I eventually earned the nickname Tea Bitch because I was the only guy who was ever willing to make anyone a cup of tea. Well, like that that's like I mean now I think people would just go oh, I'm I'm happy to make everyone a cup of tea just cuz it's we're all in the same horrible sinking ship yeah, that, that yeah, is yeah. our hangover. Yeah, right. But, but yeah, that's would... a, that's a that's a really good thing to be. Yeah. To be compassionate enough yeah. if you have a hangover to like making a cup of tea or a cup of coffee for someone is such a big gesture <laughs> I think yeah I, I really appreciate when I get offered a cup of tea or a coffee mm. or any sort of kind of bev- you know yeah just getting offered something it's, good. <laughs> it's nice yeah. yeah you should be insulted at being called a bitch <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> tea bitch I'll take that tea I'll bitch. take it TV, yeah, this isn't the um, this isn't the first time that you played the the joiners. We we yeah. saw you here at um at what the fest yeah. number. I'm looking at the posters on the walls now. I think it, it's what the fest number seven. I think. Yeah, it wasn't that one. Right? Coming up to two years ago now. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Yes. But I remember the the show was great, and yeah. um, yeah, you know, but I do remember seeing. Uh, a band on stage that you know, if you don't mind me saying, we're kind of wishing for something bigger. Yes. And obviously you're 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 here tonight, but you played, you know, Heaven, which is four times the size. Yeah. I was I was wondering. Now it's been a couple of months down the line from nearly two months down the line now from the release of Hold On to Your Heart. Yeah. Have you have you have you found that uh, that it's okay to dream big, in a way? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I always think I was a little bit um, 
where the three of us were a bit apprehensive about doing it because we've all I mean we've always had huge ambition but we've just never been that vocal about it I think because we we were just kind of petrified that if we said it publicly and we didn't we'd have this huge crushing failure on our hands which right. is crazy because it's like dream big mm. why not like I'm, we're here once you know so um, so for us with this record it was like we then came out you know shooting for the stars and saying we want to be competing with the big big boys yeah then as soon as we said it we started playing bigger shows and you know like at what the fest it was like maybe half full for us maybe a little uh, bit yeah, more it was, the, bit it was more. the end of the weekend so yeah. everyone was pretty burnt out by the end of it yeah so it, was it was a mad, good crowd it was a mad weekend crowd. Yeah. but yeah when you're last on on the last day yeah exactly can be like a, a little bit of a challenge yeah and the time before that again, again it was like half full and you know it was kind of like Christ, are we ever going to get out this this level of mm. venue? And then um, on our tour in October, we did St. Luke's in Glasgow and Scala in London. Mm. And then started selling out venues that we'd been to before that we had never like packed out. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, this now feels like a jump up. Right. And then we did it again with playing at ABC in Glasgow, Garage in Aberdeen, Manchester Deaf Institute in London, Heaven. Mm-hmm. They were all big, big shows yeah. for us. And then with the smaller one, like today, sold out. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this is definitely making sense now. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely going somewhere. Because if you just go, if you keep going back to the same venue, the whole point of going to a venue over and over again is that more people come next time. And we've been coming here for years now, mm. and at times it was like, I don't know if this this show is getting busier. I don't know. <laughs> and then to see that what yeah, kind of what we've done on this tour and selling out joiners tonight, it's like we're on the right path. Yeah, yeah. Did did you find that once you were okay with saying, well, we want to dream big, that yeah. you start to get more confident about building an aesthetic about the band? Because you know. Music aside, this album feels like you're sort of building a really strong image. Yeah. I mean, we could probably talk all day about that sort of John Hughes. Yes. Re- <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, you know, um, but would you say this was the first time where you really felt like you were starting to build a sort of consistent aesthetic and an image? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's a totally fair point. And it's it's actually something we discussed this time around. We right. never discussed it. Yeah. Because obviously when our first record came out, we were 18. And back in back in 2009... Was it 2009? Yeah. I'm, I say back. It's not that long ago. Well, well yeah, ten, nearly 10 years. Nearly 10 years. Ten years. Nine years. Yeah, it felt like a very different time mm. back then. So we were super naive and just kids putting out our first record so we could go on tour so we never thought and we were on an indie label yeah like it was never discussed about image or whatever and we always thought we looked like the same we dressed the same and then Scatterbrain rolled around and that record kind of confused a lot of people um, and we, again we didn't, we didn't speak about image or anything there was only you mm. didn't speak about image at all then when we finished or actually, no, whilst we were writing this record and we, we had spoken about the 80s influence, we were like, we need to... We need to... It needs like, to, match it. Yeah, almost, we yeah. need to... Like, 
we need to dress you, the you, part. You, you can talk the talk, you need to now walk the yes, walk. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right, like yeah. I want people to look... Uh, or not that we all went out and was like cool you get a leather jacket I'll get, I'll get this I'll get that like none of that it was just um, very natural it was like no we're, yeah mm. we're right Like, and it just so happened that we kind of fit into that style kind of yeah. that ended up that it's like what I wear now and the image of the band is like it's me mm. and it's Jordan and it's Tom you know it's like, yeah. feel comfortable now <laughs> finally uh, and so um yeah, it was something very much talked about, and it all made complete sense with like the record cover and the videos and mm. everything. Just like we brought in this guy called Chris McGuire to make the videos. He made right, okay. Feels like falling in love, daydream, and hold on to your heart. And uh, he also designed the new logo, mm. so we brought him in, and it was the first time we've ever had someone who's like had like a like a vision mm. out with us because we were like we need a bit of help um, uh, we, we you know we want this record to be like a John Hughes soundtrack yeah but we want it to be modern he was like got it <laughs> so he, yeah he came up with all these ideas and when we saw the logo we were like that's perfect um, and then we came up with the record cover idea and then ended up shooting it with Brooker right yeah we we did another shoot with a photographer who is a fashion photographer who's amazing but it 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 just didn't quite work right okay um, and we hadn't fully worked out the idea for the record cover and then uh, we took big in- inspiration from In Excess Kick right okay. that record cover I don't, I don't think I've actually seen that I'll show you yeah, yeah 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 you'll see what I mean right okay and, and so as soon as we had this idea we were like right Booker we need to go into a studio and just Jordan needs to be jumping, I need to be kicking with the guitar. Yeah. Tom needs to be doing something. So we just took heaps Tom of heaps the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well Tom tried heaps of stuff and it just didn't it just looked way more natural even though it was kind of set up. Yeah. Tom was just kind of the only one not in Yeah. If if you're all jumping then it looks a bit sort of boy bandish. Yeah, and it's too- even, even though that doesn't even seem like a part these days. If no. you call someone a boy band, it's like, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I like it because it's like, it kind of like sums up our band and as individuals quite well. You know, Tom's mm. very, he's um, like people always joke that like myself and Jordan are fire and ice and Tom's lukewarm water. <laughs> you know, just, he's, he's very much the mediator between myself and Jordan. Right. Because me and Jordan have been best friends since we were kids. Mm. Like, again, for... Did yeah, you almost. sort of grow up in the same area together? Yeah, 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 we went to school together. He's been my best friend since I was 14. Mm. So we fight. Like, we're brothers. Yeah. It's like way past the point of being best friends. It's like, you know, our families are best friends now. Like, super, super close. And... Um, so, yeah, it's way past that point. So I, I like that the fact that the cover is kind of like... Yeah, there's kind of a reckless abandon to myself and Jordan and Tom's just like rock yeah. solid, you know, because that is kind of sums up our dynamic. Keep, a keeps bit. it kind of grounded, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's cool that, you know, you've thought of coming up with this aesthetic because I think part of that whole band's these days sort of towing the line and kind of being a little bit worried to dream big yeah. in this day and age of. You know, we could talk all day about dwindling music sales and all the boring shit that is yeah. spoken about everywhere else. 
but and that kind of hindering bands you know gaining the confidence to dream big and totally. I think that's awesome that we have bands like you know we talk about them all the time on this podcast but bands like Creeper building their yes. image and their aesthetic yeah so and it was really weird I was watching a documentary this is the second time I'm going to mention them on this podcast watching a Foo Fighters documentary yeah. <laughs> um, and it was when they were brought out There's Nothing Left to Lose and they went yeah. on a, an arena tour with the Red Hot Chili Peppers they went red and white with yeah and that was the first time they thought about a show and the, the lighting looking like the Queen Live Killers totally. album cover it shouldn't get to the point where bands are on an arena level to be able to have the confidence to no, build an aesthetic yeah I, I completely agree with that and it's I think it is just a confidence thing because I know Creeper were in a couple of bands before yeah our time down here that's right that's yeah. right and I think I mean unless you're on a label who have a budget and a team around you saying this is what the aesthetic should be mm. or you work with a whole team like we've never had that we're, yeah. you know, we're just like very we're a very organic band and it's always just kind of it's just been kind of put in the back of our minds because we care so much about the music right but yeah this time around it was like I want people to look at the band and think oh that they look like something from the 80s, but not. Yeah. Like, I wanted the sound of the music to appear on what we were wearing, so it would just be... I just want... I did want to just serve this up on a silver plate. Mm. Like, this is what it is. It's 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 big, like, fucking... It's like 80s heartfelt. It's like a John Hughes movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a John Hughes movie. It's, I, it's I, romantic. It's. I always like your kind of analogy about trying to create that Judd Nelson punch in the punch air to... Air. To um, don't you yeah. forget about me. Yes. And yeah. uh, what was what you had a sort of very early introduction to like John Hughes movies? Did you, or was it only sort of in the last few years that you started to discover them? Because I only started to discover them when I was in university, which seems like such okay. a fucking apt time <laughs> yeah. to discover John Hughes movies. That's poignant around that point. Yeah, it's like. You know, I think the one that's really stuck with me is is the one that everyone goes to watch is Breakfast Club. Yeah. What what's I mean, what's 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 your favourite? So I mean my first yeah, my first ever introduction to John Hughes was Home Alone. Oh right, yeah, I guess yeah. you could count that, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah. So well yeah, the, like yeah that but, sort of era of movie well yeah, yeah I know it's I know it's not what we're talking about but that was my first introduction right and yeah, then yeah. Home Alone 2 obviously and I was like I, I was um, those films still are still so good movies. yeah there's still just like, so good there's just a, a classiness about those movies that's like unparalleled and I, I I adore those movies and then uh, and then it was Uncle Buck my dad had that on VHS and I was, and then I became obsessed with Uncle Buck. And then it wasn't until a little later on that I discovered he made all these coming of age movies. And so I can't, I can't place the exact time. I was a teenager when I first saw Breakfast Club, mm. like still in school, and it just blew my mind. It yeah. Was like, but all those movies, like you know, um, Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink. And, mm. um, all that's like yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge huge fan of that stuff. Now. Yeah, like he's got an amazing kind of back catalogue of movies to delve into. I find that with Breakfast Club, everyone talks about, you know, everyone talks about Molly Ringwald, 
uh, you know, and how beautiful she is in those, and yeah. she obviously is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I really had a soft spot more for Ali Sheedy in those oh, films. Oh, cool. It was the goth girl thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what I just found more sort of uh, more my thing, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's just such a, it's such a subtle movie, and there's just so much going on. Like it's so, there's so much depth to that movie that I don't think enough people give a credit for I think some people just think it's like cool an 80s teen movie mm. but it's it's very very on point with emotion yeah and how confusing it can be to be a teenager mm. and, and just growing up like how, did, did you find yourself relating a lot to that not to get too personal yeah yeah, yeah of course but yeah um, yeah of course yeah like being, of not fitting into a certain clique yeah of course because yeah, yeah, I yeah. did yeah absolutely sure. like at school, um, I was definitely, definitely like an in betweener. Like you know, I wasn't wasn't one of the cool kids. Yeah. Um, I liked sport, but I wasn't like kind of jockey because yeah. I loved music. But I wasn't kind of uh, smoking weed with like the grungers <laughs> at, at break time or anything like that. But I was yeah, I kind of just I was just kind of quite confused, quite loud, uh, like energetic and excitable kid. Mm. And then, so I, yeah, I was totally confused about my place. Mm. And then when I was 16, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Right, okay. And I was no longer able to play sport. Like, because uh, I kind of thought I was going to follow a career in sport, like sports medicine or, uh, sorry, sports medicine, sports science. Oh, right, okay. Like yeah. That kind of thing. It's medicine, no way am I smart enough for that. <laughs> um, so, like a sports science thing. And then basically they were like, you can't play sport because... I was so anemic I just turned into one big bruise wow because yeah, um, I could barely lift a, like a remote control at the time I was so weak so it hit you hard yeah it was, yeah. It was really brutal because my, my stepmother's going through oh, really? sort of, she's going to specialists at the moment yes. it's only been the last like year or two that she's stuck oh, no. to find that it hasn't hit her quite that hard so yeah 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 no it's... I'm sure she won't mind me talking about that on here by yeah. the way we, we've spoken about it before when Mark from Black Foxes came on obviously he's done oh, he's got a bad uh, he's yeah got way worse than I do yeah yeah from what I can from what I've seen and whatnot right. but uh, um, yeah it's confusing like being diagnosed with an illness like that at 16 is especially an illness that's not really spoken about or n- n- like there's not much known about the illness mm. like so my family were having to like race to find out what yeah it was and what they needed to do and what I needed to do in terms of kind of my diet and medication right, okay. and whatnot. So but all the while I'm just like I'm gonna die. <laughs> of course of course I was being melodramatic but <laughs> at sixteen, you know, you've you've it totally spooked me. Mm. So anyway I was I was at home one day watching MTV two and a video Cosmopolitan Blood Loss by Glassjaw came on wow and it kicked in I was like what the f- what the hell is this I was just like what the fuck I'd never heard anything like that yeah because even now that record's like I mean they're such an individual band they don't sound crazy like yeah I and I was like what the fuck is this this is like super heavy but jangly it was weird because that's a weird like the production on that record's not like typical like heavy production mm. it's, it's it's odd and so I was like this is crazy and then a banner came along the bottom of the screen MTV2 used to give you facts oh, yeah. music videos played 
So a bit like the, Sunday brunch, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 exactly, with phone numbers to call in for the competitions, that kind of and shit. And you could still request songs. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, text yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I came across the bottom, I was like, what is this? And they were like, uh, basically this fact came up, it was like, Darren Palumbo had to cancel a UK tour because of his Crohn's disease. And my mind just went... Yeah. Like my, yeah, I, could, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Because I was so ill, and I was like, no fucking way. Like, this guy on TV, who's, who seems like he's in a successful band, with a gorgeous music video, has this fucking illness. So all of a sudden, it was like, I'm going to be... I'm gonna be a musician. It was just that. It was like being <laughs> that. So, uh, so yeah, I kind of start. To, so then, once I start going to to more shows and stuff, and we start playing more and taking it more mm. seriously, I start to find my place kind of outside of school. When I was meeting kind of like-minded individuals at, right, at yeah, gigs yeah. around the city, there was like uh, the Aberdeen scene at the time was so good. It was so cool. Great time, <laughs> and uh, I was just like, whoa, like you're all misfits but you're all very like yeah like on the level and it totally yeah it totally like opened my eyes and you could be who you wanted to be and um there was kind of no judgment and uh yeah that's kind of how I started to find myself properly yeah outside the school gates <laughs> man I feel like I've got to like go home now and watch The Breakfast Club yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. screw the show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you can you know you can walk out the venue tonight punching the air yeah, yeah. there Just, we go yeah after I've come up and done some mouth sacks yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely well we've cancelled it we've cancelled the people doing mouth sacks because oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, now I'm gonna walk out of here with the air yeah, punch yeah, before yeah, the show's yeah. even yeah. started. <laughs> yeah, walk out of this interview. Just <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you very much to Murray McLeod from the excerpts. I'm sure you can attest to the fact that he is just one of the nicest guys in British music today after listening to that. Right, I've settled down a bit now. I was a bit buzzy at the start of the episode, but um, I wanted to thank his bandmates too, Tom and Jordan. They were, they were very good to me at the show, and um, it was, in fact, Tom, their drummer, who gave, gave me the idea of There Is Only Brew, which was the uh, least cryptic hashtag that I could have used to preview this podcast before I revealed that Murray was the guest. But you know what? Just shout out the excerpts, full stop. They have a new album, uh, it's out now, it's called Hold On To Your Heart. It's available on all the usual digital outlets, as well as on uh, black vinyl, on CD, and on cassette, because, you know, nostalgia and all that. Admittedly, I have the cassette, it's in my car, it's awesome. I love driving down the motorway to songs like Daydream and Drive Me Wild, and all the other songs on the album, it's front to back, absolute gold. Um, The band are heading out on a tour of mainland Europe later this month. They have dates in Germany, uh, Poland, Czech Republic, Italy, and France. Uh, That run of dates kicks off on April 24th, uh, so make sure you head to their website for more info on that. And then after that tour, they're doing a bunch of UK festivals. They're playing uh, live at Leeds on May 5th, Uh, They're doing 2000 Trees Festival once again on the weekend of Thursday, July 12th to Saturday, July 14th. Uh, I'm not sure what day they're doing yet specifically, but just go for the whole weekend because 2000 Trees is the best weekend imaginable. Um, On top of that, 
They're also returning to Reading and Leeds. They're on the lock-up stage this time. Uh, Friday at Reading and Saturday at Leeds on the August bank holiday weekend. So you literally now have no excuse to miss them. And trust me, they really are an unmissable live band. Um, right, that's almost it for another episode of Bitch and Brew. But as promised, I'll be closing the show uh, with the exclusive premiere of the new single from a band from Manchester called Horror Douse. Um, I'm so excited for you to hear this one i always get pumped uh, to bring you new bands and uh, music that you can't hear anywhere else uh, but this time it's a real uh, a real doozy horror douse are a three-piece uh, from manchester as i've already mentioned and with this track in particular uh, which is called outgrow anything there's lots of similarities to bands like manchester orchestra but it's a cool sort of almost two-part track where in the second half they sort of have similar tendencies melodically to uh, sorority noise and um, I'm hearing a little bit of nervous in there as well. So if you like nervous, I reckon you're going to love this. And there's some really cool things um, uh, tied to Bitch and Brew uh, with this track. It features guest vocals. Uh, from Lucinda Livingston of Kamikaze Girls, who we obviously had on Bitch and Brew uh, just a couple of episodes ago. And it's coming out as part of a split release uh, with a band from the US called Bean Stella. Uh, and that's being released digitally on Friday by Beth Shalom Records. We've had Joe from Beth Shalom on here recently too. And uh, I should mention my new pals over at Rose Coloured Records are doing the uh, cassette release for this too on Friday. And I believe it's being distributed in the US by, wait a minute, let me have a look on my screen, Nothing Feels Good Records. So if you're listening in the US and you want to pick up a copy of the split release from Horror Douse and Bean Stella, uh, then uh, Nothing Feels Good are taking care of that for you i'll leave all the links to pre-order the release in the description uh, but i also want to mention as well that horror Dalsa heading out on tour in just a matter of days literally a week from the release of this podcast um they're gigging around england i'll run you through the dates now it kicks off uh, on the 11th of april they're doing the key club in leeds uh, the day after 12th of april they're doing jt saw in nottingham uh, 13th of april they're at the hydra bookshop in bristol uh, 14th of April, a show I'm gutted to be missing out on. Um, they're doing Washed Out Festival in Brighton. It's just the most amazing lineup. So if you're in the Brighton area or able to get to Brighton for that weekend, then just go along and go and see Horror Douse among many, many other brilliant bands. Too many to name at the moment. But uh, after Washed Out on the 15th of April, they're wrapping things up uh, with a matinee show at the Label Market in Guildford uh, before doing an evening show at the Seabright Arms in London pulling double duty on the 15th of April there but make sure you get out to one of Horror Douse's UK shows uh, in just over a week's time I think that's just about enough from me for this podcast um, I just wanted to say uh, if you go serious for a minute uh, a final thank you uh, to you the listeners as ever uh, for making it this far not only to the end of this episode uh, but for 20 episodes whether you've been with me from the start two years ago or you're a new listener entirely I love you and I can't wait for the next 20 episodes and the next 20 and the next so uh, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Acast um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram 
Instagram, all the usual, links in the description, blah, blah, blah. Um, and hey, if you are in a band and like Horadouse, uh, you want to premiere your new song on Bitchin' Brew, then drop me an email. I'm on b.brewcast at gmail.com. That's b.brewcast at gmail.com. Um, right, that really is enough from me now. This has been Bitch and Brew, episode number 20. I've been Danny Randon, and I'll play you out with Horror Douse and their new song, Outgrow Anything. Take care. Peace out. Come
now But I don't think I can be bothered Finding footing in someone else Is a little tough when no one's around You still need a couple miles You stick around for a little while We can talk about anything 